0: It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media.
1: So you're having an extreme heat advisory already, and it's only July.
0: Consequence Podcast Network.
1: When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.
0: Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith With. It's the interview series presented by WFPK at wfpk.org. Consequence and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thanks as always for making your way here and checking out the episode, the series. Uh please do hit that subscribe button so you can keep up with all the interviews that I put out every single week. It's a new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Great way to keep up with your favorite artists. Discover some new ones as well. All the usual spots too, like uh like iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, NPR, WFPK.org, or YouTube for the video versions. I'm Kyle O'Meara. Today, my guest, legendary actor, musician, Corey Feldman. We're going to be talking about uh, sort of a a multi-layered thing here. He's got a brand new album called Love Left 2. It's a sequel to his 1994 debut album, and it comes also with this box set that features uh, previously unreleased songs from films such as uh, The Lost Boys and Dream a Little Dream. Uh, we're going to talk about writing a sequel, and how the two albums reflect not only each other, uh, but the similarities in the times uh, and eras that they were written, how a meeting with Don Dokken spurred the archival project, and having Dr. Dre's son, Curtis Young, and members of uh, of Suicidal Tendencies, and David Bowie's Tin Machine uh, as collaborators. Uh, Corey's also going to talk about some of the Easter eggs and callbacks in his songs, and the uh, and the physical release itself, his activism with Child USA, and his most recent cameos in uh, some film and television. So let's do this. We're talking about Love Left 2. It's Kyle Meredith with Corey Feldman.
1: Hello, how are you? You've got
0: uh, you've got a new album that we're going to be talking about, uh, among many things, Love Left 2. This is, this is the big
1: sequel, right? That's right, the big sequel. And it's part of a much bigger epic sort of project of epic proportions, I guess you would say. But, uh, you know, it's part of a box set. So it's not only uh, my first sequel in a musical form, but it is also my first box set. So it's very exciting. We put a ton of time and energy and work into this thing so many amazingly talented people that have come together to make it happen and i'm i'm so grateful that i was able to pull this off even during the pandemic uh to get it out right at the top of the year in 22 uh it's been a, a quite the ride and quite the journey but but very proud of it very excited about it and can't wait to finally get back on the road
0: and i should point that out i'm in here louisville you're going to be here september 7th at headliners and to get this record like so the obvious question why a sequel what uh, what what inspired you to want to because the the original one was what 94
1: that's right yeah good job well you know it's a sequel in many ways from a storytelling perspective from uh a sound dynamic and from uh a concept right so the whole idea is really when we wrote love left or you know, ninety four in that that era, that genre. What did the song you know mean? What was it about? It was talking about the fact that I felt at that time we were going into a very dark era. It was the early nineties. It was the grunge thing was coming and taking over, and you know, hip hop was like turning to gangster rock, and you know, went from like Run DMC to like NWA, and like just everything went you know, gotten a lot darker, you know. And Howard Stern was reigning king. I mean, it was just all this kind of negative energy that wasn't there before was now kind of filtering through and dominating our social consciousness. Um, And I thought, well, what happened to the love? You know, what happened to all the love from the 80s? What happened to all the love from the 70s? What happened to all the love from the 60s? Like all of those decades of beautiful, positive, progressive thinking just kind of suddenly came crashing down. And so I think Love Left was a, a you know, a, a representation of that, a reflection of that from an artistic viewpoint. And here we are 35 years later. And I wanted to go back to that album to just kind of spruce it up, to retouch it for it you know, it was really the 25 year anniversary. That's what we were looking at was the 25 year anniversary. But by the time we got it out, we were closer to the 30 year anniversary. Uh, but that said, you know, I wanted to go back and, and look at those songs and see where we could, you know, maybe spruce them up, touch them up. And the way that I was going to be able to do that started with a conversation with Don Dawkin. Uh, and that's because Don Dawkin and I met randomly and he says to me, you know, I've been you know, knee deep in this project releasing, you know, Dawkins Lost Records. And I said, Well, what did that entail? And he said, Well, we went in and we had to bake all the two-inch tapes. And I said, Baking tapes? What do you mean? How does this work? I've heard this in the past, but I always thought it was like some folklore thing. And he's like, No, you can really do it, but it's a process and you've got to have the right people and the right type of machinery and da-da-da-da-da. So I said, Well, if that's true, I would love to explore it because I've got all of these twelve uh I'm sorry, all of these two inch taped masters that are sitting in my vaults that I haven't touched in 20 years, 25 years. And I would love to see if they're still any good. He says, Well, chances are they're not. He said, Do, do you think they have any damage? I said, They absolutely do. They had mold on them. They've been through floods. They've been through fires. They've been through all of these things. They're, they're, I'm lucky they're still in their cases. Uh, and he said, Well, let's get them in right away, see what we can do. So that started the process. And he was able to help me curate the box set by uh, going through and baking these tapes and digitally cleaning them meticulously, inch by inch with chemicals, and then digitally transferring them uh, to where we were able to divide out all the tracks and remix and remaster basically the, 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 the bulk of the album. Um, and in doing so, I found all of this stuff That was from that era that had never been released. So I thought, well, wouldn't this be fun if I maybe spruced up a couple of these other songs and released them for people to hear for the first time. And then I thought, well, since it's the middle of pandemic and nobody's around, you know, we're not doing anything. I might as well, you know, be creative and maybe come up with a song or two that I can tack on to the end of the new, uh, the original album, you know, because a lot of times people do a re-release of their original album and then they'll do like one or two new songs in the vein of that album. So that's how it started. I did one or two songs in the vein of that album. You know, the same type of a sound, the same type of idea. And then next thing you know, I just started writing and writing and writing. And it just went on and on because here we are. I was locked out of the country. I was living in a third world country. Uh, We didn't have access to anything. And by the time, five months after being locked there, I got my engineer to come up to where I was and bring some gear. And I was like, let's just get these ideas down. So it started with three songs. And next thing you know, eighteen songs later, we have an entire sequel. And, you know, and I think that from a topical standpoint, the idea of here we go again, we're back to the darkness, you know, like I think that the two thousands brightened up, you know the 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 two thousands, the two tens was a little bit bright. I mean, it started off obviously very dark with nine eleven and all of that stuff. um but, but we kind of I think around two thousand three to two thousand and four things started to get brighter and cheerier, and it seemed a little better for a while and I think that lasted for about ten years and then we got to about two thousand and fifteen and everything just started like dark cloud coming back over again and so here we are, you know ironically, thirty years later as a as a songwriter and as an artist, I look at it and say, "What can I do to contribute? How can I help raise the the moral?" consciousness you know um and so i think in doing so i was able to create songs that both fit the mold from an artistic standpoint as well as a creative standpoint and then still pushed a message of positivity which is the important thing because you know obviously if we're going to question where the love is gone then we better have an answer and it better be a good one right so uh and and i think we came up with some good answers and i think we were able to bring that love back and no better way to bring the love back than to do it in the shape of a giant heart so i have a big heart on is, is, is the bottom line. I have a big heart on my desk. I have a big heart on your desk. I have hearts all over the place. And they're giant. I mean, we're talking two feet by two feet, these boxes, they're just like you see behind me. Uh, it's a giant box, but big heart, and it's a, a colorful heart, and it's a rainbow heart, and there's some original art on there from the original artist, Howard Tiemann, who did my original artwork for the first Love Left album. He came back, did some new drawings, updated some of the art with new characters that both uh, describe the song titles as well as some of the topics. So one of the songs from the original album was called By God, which was about racism. And uh, ironically, we wrote that song right after the the Rodney King hearings and all of uh, the the... You know, the, the rampage that happened and the fires and all of that stuff that happened as a result of the, uh, you know, the jury's findings in the Rodney King trial. And now, fast forward to here we are again with race riots over, you know, a, a black person being shot and, and, and treated unfairly. And so we we illustrate that as part of the cover art because that's a sign of the times. That's where we are. Here we are 30 years later. Ironically, I'm sitting there in this third world country watching history repeat itself. And I'm like, well, I guess it's all meant to be. So we remade that song. All the other songs from the original album are just remixed. But with that one, we actually did a new production on it we redid the song using Roberta Freeman as the co-singer because it's a, a bit of a duet. Um, and then we got Mickey Thomas to come back and "Dream a Little Dream" and and do a duet with him, which is amazing. Um, you know, taking us back to where it all started, which was you know my very first single that came out was from "Dream a Little Dream," which I did with Michael Damian. So we have both uh, the song that I did with Michael Damian, "Something in Your Eyes," which came out on vinyl in 1989. And Dream a Little Dream, which, which Mickey had done the year before in 19, 1988 for the film Dream a Little Dream. And Mickey and I got back together and did re, I, I redid it with a new version and a new take on it. So you have uh, all of these worlds kind of coming back together and colliding the way that they did before. And it's, it's, it's a real sequel. I mean, there's you know, so many elements of it that, that really do connect to the original.
0: Shout out to uh, Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Uh, I I live in Kentucky, in the Midwest, and allergies, yeah, I suffer. When I say I suffer from allergies, I suffer from allergies. And around here, everyone I know deals with allergies to some degree. And for a long time, I thought it was just something that I would have to live with, which is a real problem um, for anything, but especially when you're a radio host. It affects my voice, it affects my mood, it affects everything. And I feel like I've tried every I've tried all the medicines. Some of them work better than others, but there's there's never a perfect one out there, especially because some of them take forever to actually work and some of them don't work at all. And then there's Astapro, the fastest solution to nasal allergy symptoms. p-r-o allergy.com. that's a-s-t-e-p-r-o allergy.com astapro and go use as directed for relief of nasal congestion runny nose sneezing and itchy nose due to allergies
1: this is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working the hvac is humming and his facility shines with Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
0: What a special um, chance, opportunity to to even get to revisit. You know, for the for the for the good reasons and, and the unfortunate ones that, that you're talking about right here and and but go so with all of you know the older songs and the classics they're talking about this new set when you know it's a sequel then you go into it you're saying okay this is a sequel how does that shape your songwriting at that point I mean are you writing direct sequels to the songs or are you just trying to get that that feeling in and, and mood
1: yeah I mean I think some of it is about the musicality some of it is about the vibe some of it is about the sound some of it's about the mood you know um, and even the characters, to some extent. So uh, there's a song that I wrote when I was 16 years old called Rock Danny, which ended up being used for the Rock and Roll High School Forever soundtrack. Well, one of the things that makes this great as a box set is the fact that there's five films soundtracks that i did in the late 80s and early 90s which were all very decent soundtracks but never got released as music soundtrack albums they just never put soundtracks out to these films so it was in the film you saw it in the film or if you watched it on cable or dvd or whatever then you probably watched it over and over and you heard these you've heard these songs a million times but you never had a chance to own it you never could hear the complete song because it would always be just like a little broken piece of a song in this scene or that scene. And I even had fans that were editing together their own mixtapes where they would like cut the music together out of the scenes that were available. Um, So it was very frustrating for a lot of fans not to be able to own that material. So what we did is we actually took the song Rock as Danny, which was uh, changed into another version of the song for the film Rock and Roll High School Forever. And we've released the original demo of that along with the sequel, Rock Danny Part 2, uh, which were both done when I was 16 years old and were the precipice to what became the song in the film Rock and Roll High School Forever. So, uh, you know, it's really fun because there's a way that you're dissecting and 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 hearing... You know, the progress of a writer starting off at 15 years old with my very first song that I ever wrote called Runaway, which I recorded while I was living with my dad and shooting Lost Boys in 1986. So this set goes all the way back to 1986, to my very first recording, and all the way through to 1993 with all of these lost tracks that kind of should have been on the Love Left album, but didn't make it there for one reason or another. And so you're getting to to, to own all of those for the first time. Then when it comes to the actual album Love Left and the sequel element, I wanted to go back to first of all. There's three major components I think that make the sound of the Love Left album. Which is number one, a very blues rock kind of vibe. Like it's got to be like a very bluesy rock kind of thing, because um, that's where my head was at. That's where I was at musically. That's where my interests were at the time. But then there's also like the random dance song, which we did with Feeling Funky. So of course we updated Feeling Funky with the new mix of it with a modern twist and making it kind of like a hip hop, almost EDM kind of vibe Mm -hmm. now. And then, you know, we wanted some like good features that represented the 80s. So we got Mickey Thomas, but then we also got Curtis Young to do comebacking. And Curtis Young, even though he wasn't around in the 80s, His dad sure was, because his dad is Dr. Dre. So, you know, there's these little kind of niche things that like, okay, Dr. Dre definitely ties directly to early 90s and when we were making this album. So from the aesthetic kind of perspective, it all fits. And then on top of it, musically, we're going back to a lot of the tones, a lot of the ideas. In fact, there's a song called Quit Ghosting Me, Uh, which is a very blues rock, very, very hard driven, like old dirty South type sound to it. Um, And we did it with this great, incredible blues guitarist who came in and did the session with us. But it started with a bass line that I actually wrote when I was 15 years old on bass. So I would sit there and I would just play this thing. Boom, ba-doo, 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 ba-doo. And I I just started writing this one day when I was playing my dad's bass probably. And ever since, every time I've ever picked up a bass, I just play that line, I just play Mm -hmm. that line. It's just like one of those things that gets in your head and like you just do it, it becomes a, a matter of habit. Well, for the first time I thought, wouldn't this be great to actually turn that into something? So we turned it into a song and that song happens to be called Quick Ghost in Me. And it's a very funny story. It's a you know, it's a, a fictional science fiction, I guess you would say, story of um a guy who's a stalker and is obsessed with this girl and she's like throwing him in jail and he gets out and he still thinks that she loves him, and you know, the typical stalker perspective. And uh, and the girl's like, ew, get away from me. And he's like, Well, what's the problem? Why don't you love me anymore? Come on, we're still in love, right? Things are still cool. So it's funny. It's a very funny song. Um, so there's a little bit of humor, there's a little bit of pain, there's a little bit of tragedy, but there's also, you know, that really pretty love song like okay so for walk um, was one of the ballads on on the original love left album uh which you know has become kind of one of the classics that i do at every concert people always seem to love that song but it's about moving on from a painful relationship in fact the original love left album starts off with a trilogy of songs about my first wife so it was perfect woman which was my concept of like what I needed in life. I needed this perfect woman. But every time I tried to find this perfect woman, I would realize that she has her own scars and that it's only a mask that makes them seem so perfect. No matter how good they look on the outside, there's always internal struggle. Um, So then it became Lethal Lolita, which is the second song which features Lita Ford, And that's this like screaming monster guitar solo and like really nasty. So it goes from this blues rock to this like heavy metal, crazy guitar, painful kind of rock anthem. And then that goes into Walk, which is about the recovery, which is about moving on from that painful relationship after you've been stabbed in the heart, after you feel like it's been chewed up and spit out, moving on, standing up for yourself and doing what's right. So that's Walk. And so from there, I thought, well, where would I be? with my marriage today if I just walked away from that marriage where would I be well where would I be without you and that became the title of this this new pop ballad that we have out right now as a single and I think that's kind of a direct sequel in a lot of ways to walk uh, because it's saying you know well now I found love and now that I treasure that love what would I do without it
0: and to get all those different genres and into styles I should say you know throughout that I mean I think that's always been. Uh, what's been fun about listening uh to, to your music is is getting those you mentioned uh, uh comeback king in there as well and um especially when he does his uh, his hip-hop verses i mean you know for us fans as you're saying and and, and as i'm actually being enlightened about this because i wasn't able to pick up on everything of course but but hearing those i don't know if you call them easter eggs or whatever but uh you know but, but what uh, uh dream a little dream um in funky uh lost boys in comeback uh you know you it's not like this the whole themes, project the, yeah, there, right? the whole project the all the parts of your career and your life get to all be folded into one i think that's what's really fun about those little moments right there
1: yeah exactly exactly and there's lots of easter eggs like that throughout this thing and that's exactly what makes it fun i i don't see how any fan of pop culture fan of the 80s fan of the films that i was a part of would not fall in love with this box set because i mean Everything from You Get Your Own Teen Magazine, which we created, which is called 22 Magazine, and it Mm -hmm. comes with the set. Um, And it's got all the lyrics, all the liner notes, rare photos that have never been released from my early days in the studio and working with all my different, you know, creative partners. I think there's even some stuff of MJ in there and, and Corey Haim and just, you know, rare photos, rare you know, uh, untold stories. And then you've got a DVD. We've got two DVDs, in fact, that come inside it. One of which has got a documentary, which we made a brand new documentary called uh, Great Feldman Artist, The Man Behind the Love. And it was done by my super fan, Jake Perry, who did an excellent job directing and got new interviews with Mickey Thomas and Michael Damian and Don Dawkin and just all the you know the rock stars that were a part of this history and making it happen, as well as some of the musicians that you might not have realized were a part of it because they maybe weren't that well known at the time or or you know we didn't promote it as such. But like Hunt Sales from David Bowie's Tin Machine played drums on one of the songs on the original Love Left, or um, uh, Dean Pleasant's uh who uh was part of uh suicidal tendencies actually was the guitarist on feeling funky so things like that that a lot of people don't realize all these great cool people were part of it spider from tower of power did the sax on walk like you know it's it's laden with these amazing artists all throughout it and then you get to finally hear the stories about how it all you know came together and how it all worked so the documentary is a lot of fun. It's very exploratory. It's it's very informative, uh, and then you get stuff like a pair of sunglasses. Like you know, I wore those Ray Bans in like every movie from like 1990 to I, actually going back to 1987 because I think. Uh, well even before that stand by me i wore the same style Wayfarers, but they didn't have the dark lenses but it was those glasses which then became the same glasses and license to drive dream a little dream the burbs like pretty much every movie i did until like 95 i wore black ray-bans so we're giving you the black ray bands so you can wear them around and feel funky and uh, and then we've got like We've got like a hologram, you know. You can have a hologram to to bring it into the modern time and new technology. I'm the first artist in history that's ever had a hologram of themselves pop out of their own box set. So that's a lot of fun too. It's a great collection. I'm yeah. very proud of it. Yeah. Keep the music flowing we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one so check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast
0: i i did want to ask about the comeback king too because it's such a fun song that always feels like a sweet spot when you're when you're hitting that style you know for classification that sort of mj style that i pick up on that one uh what is the comeback here like like because I, I don't know if you're talking how often when you're talking a character and when you're not but what does the comeback entail <laughs> within this song right here?
1: Well, I think the comeback that we're talking about is, is the comeback from life. You know, we've all been down. You know, I mean, this this last two years with the pandemic and everything, we're all making a comeback. We're coming back to life. We're coming back to spirituality. We're coming back to uh, the promise of, of hope and love. We're all coming back from a very kind of disheveled and distant place. And in some cases, a very dark place. You know, for me... Personally, I went through a very difficult few years after I released my documentary. And, you know, it was just really unfortunate timing because I, I spent a million and a half dollars trying to get it made and getting it out to the public to get my truth out there. And then, like, literally the whole world shut down the next day. And I didn't have the opportunity to ever even really tell my story or explain myself. And unfortunately with the movie getting hacked and all of these things that happened, it just all kind of fell by the wayside and I felt like I missed a big opportunity. So there was a lot of hurt, there was a lot of pain that I had to process and then coming out of it on the other side of that and coming back to where I was. So yeah, The Lost Boy had been redefined, divine line, you know, it's all true because at the end of the day, it's, it's God's divine alignment that brought me back to where I am today. And through his grace, people are actually accepting of it. You know, we didn't know what would happen, you know, like I could have come back out again and people could have said, Oh, you know, whatever with him, we've already heard his story. We don't care. You know, you never know. Uh, But that's the way I look at things. I look at things very humbly. You know, I don't, I don't, Uh, assume anything and I don't have the pretense to think that oh just because I'm putting something out it's going to do great in fact I usually think it's probably not going to do well at all and I'm going to lose lots of money but hey I'm doing it for the love of art and you know when Comeback King which by the way we got no media support we didn't put it out as a radio single we only literally just kind of dropped the video with no promotion no marketing nothing behind it and it went viral anyway, and we've gotten over a half a million views. So that's like a blessing. That's a, that's a grace from God. Um, now we're much more serious because I just signed with uh, Sony for my distribution. Uh, so for the new single, Without You, we are going to go for radio. We are going to hopefully get on to the Billboard Top 40, and that is the goal with this one. Um, and we've just shot a new video, which hopefully will be out very soon.
0: I know a lot of people over at the uh, the orchard, the imprint of uh, of Sony that you're talking about. A lot of good people over there. Yes, it's, it, that, that was fun to see that uh, that you were kind of hooking up with them too. Uh, that was uh, that's again, that's just good people.
1: It's a very good group, and I feel very blessed. Trust me, after after 35 years in the music industry, to suddenly get that kind of a, a connection and to be able to put out my music on a much bigger level you know, on a much wider basis and to have that kind of a team of support around me, I'm very, very grateful. Michael DeBarge uh, is is very uh, in deep, let's say, with the Orchard Group and Sony. And and he's a guy that his family, you know, the DeBarge family has been around forever in the music scene. And he was actually partially responsible for helping to get, you know, go for it on the charts. You are free on the charts. So he's been a big part of building the music career up to where we are today yeah
0: so you, you talk about the, the the story uh telling your story and how it unfortunately hit with the pandemic is there still space and traction for the those bigger projects to to eventually come out i mean uh you, in one sense you get to tell that story through your art like this but uh, as far as you yeah. know as you say the documentaries and i go i mean what's what well, is the next step on that side I, of your life
1: you know listen as as a activist I have been very involved. I'm uh, an ambassador for Child USA. Uh, I've helped to change laws in California and New York to help change and push back the statutes of limitations uh, to give victims a a longer period or a new open window in which to seek recourse. Uh, So uh, that has been a very fulfilling and instrumental part of my work and what I've been doing during the downtime. Uh, That said, as far as the documentary itself goes, I've I've kind of let it go. I, I feel like I'm over it. I don't think that there is a need to continue to perpetuate it. And the reason for that is I left it up for a year. It was streaming for a year, even with all the problems we had. I made sure that everybody who paid for it got a chance to see it. Um, and we kept it up. Like If you had the code, if you were given the code back when we first did the premiere, we left it up for a year. So you could go back and watch it as many times as you wanted. So we didn't even limit it to per viewing because we wanted to make sure that we overcompensated for the people who lost out. Um, but that said, we, we, I don't think that there's a reason to keep it going. I think I have told the story. I kept my promise to my best friend. That's what I said I was going to do. And now it's time for me to move on with my career, my family, my happiness. And I think being weighted down by living in the past is not going to feel like progress for me. You know, I needed to get it out. I needed to expel that. And that's why I wrote my book. I made the Lifetime movie, I made the documentary and now I'm done living in the past. Now it's all about the future. And that's another thing of what this box set represents. I wanted to kind of dig out all those skeletons from the past and put them all into a format to where everybody could kind of enjoy the ride of what I went through. Uh, In the positive sense, uh, but without dwelling on the negative. And one of those things that I think bridges that gap for me um, is the fact that look, you know, like I said, when you go through, if you buy this box set, everything that's in it. From the documentary to the magazine to, you know, the photos, the rare photos, the rare video clips. I mean, we've got uh, like video footage of me and Michael Jackson hanging out in Palm Springs. And I tell the story about how when I played him What's Up With The Youth and he thought it should go number one. And it's a great story. It's very compelling. And you get to watch Michael on video and, you know uh you you get to see rare photos or or video footage of like Corey Ham coming up on stage with me in 1988 and you know I'm doing a concert and I bring him out and we're in Idaho and like the whole place erupts to the point where the sonic audible screaming was so loud that you literally couldn't hear the music because it's just like the music's like broken up like rah, rah. Ah, ah, you know with all the screams coming through um so but it's fun to watch it's fun to go back to that place and realize where we were and where we came from and how far we've come you know and fortunately some of us you know fall by the wayside but i'm here to carry the torch and i'm grateful to be here to carry the torch and as one of the last living remnants of a, a foregone time i feel that uh i'm very grateful and 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 happy to have the memory and the clarity that I have so that I could express all of those things so that I could share those things. I'm really grateful also that I had the sensibility to hold on to so much stuff that I have all of this that I can release to the world and put back out there. And for fans of pop culture and people who love that era, it is a gold mine. It's a virtual gold mine, but that said, it's done now. And now we move forward. So whatever I do next is going to be about future and progress. And I think we're done looking backwards.
0: Well, I'm so happy you've taken the time to do this. I mean, what a fun project. And again, I know we're running short on time here. So I'll say uh, the tour is coming up. It goes from August until it looks like forever through the rest of the year. You are doing so many dates. Back-to-back, back, the schedule looks yeah. intense and amazing. You're going to be here in Louisville. And we're adding the,
1: a second leg. And we're adding a second leg, yeah. We haven't announced it yet, but, but it's coming.
0: Yeah, well, again, I know you're going to be here September 7th The Headliners. I'm so looking forward to that one. Uh, I'll I'll quickly ask about the other side of it. I mean, uh, on on the movie, on the film, on the TV side, uh, what's what's next on there? Uh, if there's anything, I mean, you might just be concentrating on this right now because as we just said, there's a lot on the way, But uh, but are you yeah, sort of keeping yeah. your eye on that ball as well?
1: Yeah. I mean, the first thing most important right now is also figuring out a way to get this music digitally released. So we're looking at a digital release of the box set in the near future. That's kind of my next big thing. Probably a few more singles, a few more videos, we're, as you said, going to be touring onward through the rest of the year. Um, and I'm pretty much booked all the way up until December at this point. So who knows what's going to happen next. But I am doing a few cameos. There's a few cameos that I've thrown in there. Uh, there's a movie out right now called 13 Fanboy, uh, which I did a, a small little brief stint in. Um, I think there's like probably three or four more that are on the way that are in process somewhere along the way that um, that I did cameos in. So there's a lot of little cameos. There's a couple fun ones. I'm actually uh, recording an animated short film today that I'm doing some voice work on. So I still do little acting bits here and there, but you know, am I going to have the new Corey Feldman, you know, headlining feature film coming out anytime soon? Probably not. Um, You know, there's still a little bit of soreness and irritation when it comes to my feelings towards the the film industry in general. Um, And it's going to take some time still to heal from, from all that. But, But that's why I'm quite happy to be, Recording music and, and giving it to the fans directly and live and getting to be there in person and, and feel the love and share the love. And, and it's going to be the summer of love. We're heading into the real summer of love. And I'm so grateful. 22, my lucky number. Here it is. I'm not lying. Can <laughs> you see that? Nice. Big nice.
0: Absolutely. yep. Uh, so. Oh.
1: You know, I'm very grateful for the Summer of Love in 22. It all seems to have uh, worked out in some kind of miraculous way. It's symmetry and it's all working together. So I'm grateful to be here. I'm grateful to be alive. I'm grateful to have the beautiful family that I have. I'm grateful to have the incredible Feld Fam and the fans and the love that we all share. And I can't wait to get on the road. Three weeks till I get there. I will see you soon.
0: Thanks for continuing to preach that message of love to Corey. And uh, and thanks so much, uh, seriously, for taking the time to talk about it today, man. This has been uh, so much fun.
1: Absolutely. Thank you, Kyle. I really appreciate your time. And thank you for supporting us. And I hope to see you in person. I hope you come out in Louisville and say hello.
0: I'll be there. Absolutely. All right,
1: man. God bless.
0: <laughs> and a big old thanks to Corey Feldman. The new album is called Love Left 2. Thanks to you as well for checking out the episode. Uh, I do hope you hit that subscribe button before you get out. Again, three brand new interviews every single week, new in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at iTunes, at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, NPR, WFPK.org, or YouTube for the video versions. After that, head over to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, an hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, bonus interviews, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also find me on the uh, the old social media spots, uh, Facebook, Instagram, mostly Twitter. All three of them, the, uh, the web address is at Kyle Meredith. Do hope you like and follow along. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network.
1: If we don't all get shocked and appalled by what we're dealing with, then we're not going to ever do what's necessary to change it.
0: It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media.
1: Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menard's. Defend your garden with Triazicide insect killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready to spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazoside Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money.